Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Promise Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Green, and I'm also the founder and owner of the Promise Perspective. I am so glad you're here. Welcome to season three of my podcast. I know it's been about three months since I've done an episode, but I am going to explain why I had to take a little bit of a break um, in this episode. So I have missed you guys. I have been thinking about this podcast constantly. This podcast is my heart. It's my platform. It is the the outlet that I feel that God has called me to use to teach um, about all kinds of things. So I'm just excited to be here with you all today. I hope you tune in. I hope you subscribe if you haven't already done so. And I just can't wait to share with you all what the Lord has been pouring into me. And the way he's poured it into me is the same way I'm going to pour it into you. So um, yeah, let's go ahead and dive right in. was a year of spiritual growth for me, but it was growth in ways that, to be honest with you, I never really knew existed. And what I learned was that the deeper that you go with God, the greater intimacy that you have with him, and the more you, you know, purify yourself through sanctification and surrender, the more that you do that, the more God will reveal more of himself to you. As you grow in relationship with him, you truly do grow in greater knowledge and revelation of him, his character, his heart, his will. You actually begin to hear from God with greater clarity. um, As you learn how the Holy Spirit communicates with you. Um, it's, it's all a process. Um, when I wrote my book, Rest in the Rainbow in 2021, part of what I talked about, half of what that book was about was alignment. God must always align your heart with his before he can partner with you in order to exercise his will on earth. And alignment must come before the assignment. What I've learned and grown to love about this partnership we're called to have with our Lord is that the purpose God has for our lives has nothing to do with our own ambitions. It has nothing to do with what we desire. There is something so beautiful about how the spirit, the spirit of God will totally dominate your fleshly desires when you surrender your life to Jesus. It just proves how God, how, how real God really is. It proves the reality of the power of what the work on the cross does in your heart. When you commit to following Jesus, we're called a new creation for a reason. Um, when God's will becomes your will, 
Oh yeah, that's when the Lord has you completely wrapped around, clinging to, not letting go of his holy finger. We're in the palm of his hand. Jesus told us, John chapter 10, verse 26, that no one can snatch us out of our Father's hand either. It's the safest yet most adventurous place to be. But what what I talked about in my book, though, has only scratched the surface of what God has been revealing to me over the last couple years since I wrote it. Over the last year, the Lord has been speaking to me and confirming revelations to me through prayers and dreams and quiet time with him. I've been recording all of these moments over the last year um, just so I could kind of revisit those. So I did a fast at the beginning of 2022. And on the second day of my fast, I had a dream that I was in a garden and I was tilling up dirt and getting the soil ready to plant seeds. And I remember in my dream, I was in a hurry. Um, I wasn't in, I was only working with a hoe to till up the dirt. Um, so like naturally tilling a garden involves using, a a plow. It's a machine called a plow. Um, especially if you're working in a big garden, um, because a plow makes your job so much easier. Um, but I only had a hoe. So there was a lot of manual labor going on in my dream. And that made for more work that I felt needed to be done. But I was urgently using it to get the soil ready. Um, that's all I remember from my dream. My, my focus in my dream was getting the soil ready to plant seeds. And what's interesting <clears throat> about my dream is that right now, exactly a year later, the Lord has been ministering to me through the Holy Spirit about rain, like biblical revelation about rain. Um, the revelation that I've come into recently about rain is something that my little human brain would never be able, be able to figure out myself. Um, I know the Holy Spirit has been teaching me about this, and that's actually why I haven't been able to be on social media for a while because it's consumed me. These revelations and what God has been ministering to me has completely gripped my heart. It's changed my prayer life. It's changed my communion with God. It's changed my whole life. Um, I know that sounds dramatic, but it has consumed me. Um, so I had to take some time to like really digest what I felt the Lord was trying to show me. Um, and I plan to share more about this revelation later because there there's some teaching that I feel that God wants me to do on this topic, on the topic of rain, um, physical rain and spiritual rain. So it's incredible. I can't wait to share. But um, so anyway, I just wanted to share that because I feel like I'll revisit this at another time. So um, or revisit my dream at another time. But so fast forward a little bit, May of 2022, I felt the Lord say to me, your wilderness years are over. Um, it's convicted me so much that that's what I did my first episode on um, in season two of this podcast. 
in that same month and the months to follow, I felt this huge shift personally, spiritually. I also felt the Lord speak to me around that time. And he said, get ready. It was so loud. It was so clear. And I know when the Lord speaks to me, speaks to me because I truly vividly remember everything about those moments. Um, like the exact motion of my body, what I was doing in that moment. It's, it's wild, but it's like one of those things where like, as you grow in intimacy with God, you start to understand how he speaks to you and you get confirmation because there's patterns established when the Lord speaks to you and reveals things to you. And I'm not always talking about an audible voice. I've never heard an audible voice from the Lord. Actually, I take that back, but that's for a whole nother time and a whole nother episode. Um, because what I'm sharing with you guys is still relatively new to me. I've never had anyone really say, oh yeah, this is, this is how God speaks. This is what he does. I've had to learn all this myself. And I've done that through picking up these patterns of like, just as I grow in intimacy. So, um, I don't know. I know you have to be careful when people say like the Lord spoke to me because a lot of people like to put a stamp on a message that they say is from God. I'm not doubting that when people say those kinds of things, but you have to be careful and you have to learn, uh, use discernment when people start to talk about things that the Lord's revealed to them or said to them, because while I am not fabricating anything. I'm not lying to you. You don't know me. I mean, I don't know who I'm speaking to. So you might not know me. I mean, I'm just being honest because I, I'm, I'm not going to be that person who has a podcast or that tries to teach about things that says, you know, I don't expect you to take my word for anything. I've said this multiple times. You know, I, I don't want you to take my word for anything. I want you to have organic revelation from the Lord yourself. Um, I want you to have authentic, genuine, like root giving discernment from the Lord. Um, that way the things that I say may help confirm things for you. It might help make more sense. You know, I don't know who I'm speaking to. So yeah, I just, you know, just wanted to share that. But anyway, when the Lord speaks to me, as I was saying, um, there's these patterns. Like when I vividly remember the moment, the exact place, like it's wild. Um, I remember everything about those moments. And if you know me, Stephanie does not have a very good memory. Um, however, it's, it's, it, yeah. Anyway. So I like (laughs) when the Lord said, get ready, I remembered that I was vacuuming my apartment. I remember the exact space of the carpet. I remember the motion I used when I was heard God speak and I was vacuuming. And um, it was during that time as I continue learning and walking and listening and growing the Holy Spirit around May of last year began ministering to me about the power of the Holy Spirit Um in ways that were so new and foreign to me. Like I began learning about spiritual warfare in greater depths um, and the authority that we are given by Jesus to be able to exercise dominion in this world, to be able to do the things that Jesus said 
we would do as his followers. Um, that includes, you know, casting out demons. The only reason I'm sharing that part is because I received deliverance myself in July of 2022, July 15th, actually. It was on a TikTok live. Um, when God wants to do something, he's going to do it. Um, it was an encounter I had July 15th, Friday night. It was an encounter I had that completely rocked my world and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon me for like 18 hours straight. It was intense. There was, I think I cried more in those 18 hours than I have my entire life. I didn't even understand why I was crying at the time. I didn't even understand that I was actually going through deliverance at that time. Um, but the thing is, here's the thing. I was praying, you know, since over the last, I would say specifically praying since December of 2021, I've been praying for that. Didn't even know what I was asking for. So when God said, get ready, I guess that's what he meant. Um, but I was praying and I was pleading and I was asking God, I was like, purify me, use me, burn it all away. Whatever is not of you, I don't want it. I was like, Lord, I want you to use me. Make my heart burn for what burns for you. Like, I want to burn for you. Break my heart for what breaks your heart. So when I heard him say, get ready, (laughs) two months later, I was going to find out exactly what that meant. And to be honest with you, those words, get ready, that the Lord spoke to me in May of 2022, they're having a greater and greater corporate meaning. It's, um, it's an encouragement, but it's also a warning because God is not done. He's far from done. But, and I tell you what, the purpose of our lives is to come into alignment of what God's will for us is. It's his will. Um, like I said before, the alignment of our lives, which always comes before our kingdom assignment, before we can execute God's purpose for our lives, our hearts must melt in with God's heart. That is what the wilderness years are all about. Learning our identity, learning who we are as a child of God, the inheritance that we have as a child of God. And this is so that we can not only learn who our God really is that we serve, but so that we can be equipped so that we can be equipped for our kingdom assignments. Because let me tell you, there is some shaking and shifting and burning away that has to be done in our lives. And when I talk about burning away, I'm talking about all the idols in our lives. I'm talking about all the sin in our lives. But when you come to God, genuinely asking him, (laughs) Lord, make me like you. Break me for what breaks your heart purify me, cleanse me. One of the things that people don't really talk about much anymore is that like everybody talks about like their calling and there's encouragement in that. There's there and that's that's not wrong. We are we should always be encouraged to pursue what God's call is for our life. But let me tell you something. 
your calling is going to break you. It's going to break you. And I don't mean like physical harm. I'm talking about like when you, when your heart begins to ache for what aches our father's heart, it is going to bring you to a point where his heart will consume what you do. Everything about your life is consumed. That's actually how it's supposed to be. But don't let that like deter you or anything. Let that encourage you. But your calling is going to break you because it's going to consume you because your heart's going to be on fire for what God is on fire for. And he's on fire for his people. So I don't know. I can't really pinpoint exact dates, but immediately following after the deliverance I received last year, I don't know what was blocking me in the spiritual realm, but I received so much breakthrough after that night. I received my, my prayer language, the gift of speaking in tongues. Um, it was upon receiving that gift that the Holy Spirit ministered deliverance to me again in my car on the way to work. <laughs> I'm not sure what demons were cast out of me, but the deliverance was undeniable. Um, anyone who says Christians can't have demons or that demons aren't real are either ignorant or they're in denial. Um, because when you get your, when you have, when you've been given the gift of speaking in tongues, you're actually praying the perfect will of God. So as I was, this was the second time, the first time I spoke in tongues was literally in the shower. And I was just like, just a few, spouted out a few words. I was like, you know, is this, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? <laughs> and then <clears throat> the second day, it was like, okay, there we go. Here it is coming out. Like, just, just, just praying in tongues. Uh, you know, it doesn't take any effort. It just takes faith to do that. Everybody is able to speak in tongues. Every believer is able to speak in tongues. Um, so when you pray the perfect will of God, you don't know what you're saying. I didn't know what I was saying, but I knew I was going through deliverance again. Um, because I was praying the perfect will of God and whatever the will of God had for me at that moment was what happened. So And, you know, shortly after that, like all this is happening so fast and I'm just like, this is the things that have happened within the last seven months, eight months, like it's just a whirlwind almost. Like I'm just, I've been, I've just been praying and asking God, like what in the world is going on spiritually? And I was like, I love what you're doing, Lord. I'm here for it. But what is happening? Um, But shortly after that, I received another gift that I didn't even know was a gift. Um, It's the gift of tears. You know, like, like kind of how I was just saying, like, where the heart of God, when the heart of God just breaks you and the gift of tears is like, it's when your prayers take on a whole new form. It's like a prayer that's beyond words. Like you just mourn and grieve for the world. And uh, it's just, and that's, it's tears. Like I could cry just thinking about it. Cause it's just uh, like, I went through a phase, not a phase. I shouldn't have used that word, but I went through a, a period of time where I'm sitting there. Like I, I didn't, I didn't like when I, like, it wasn't like I started crying. It's like, oh yeah, thank you, God. These are the gift of tears. Thank you so much. It started out like 
just uncontainable lamenting. And I'm lamenting over people, people that don't even, I don't really even know. I'm just grieving. And I'm like, why am I so emotional? I'm like, why am I so emotional? And then as as the Holy Spirit continues to minister like he does, our faithful father continues to teach you. I started to understand, okay, God, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. So tears are just like, oh, it's just a prayer. Um, I actually, I don't have time to get into it today, but the verse that God led me to um, was in Jeremiah, which I say this all the time, but Jeremiah is like, it's my favorite. I'm not going to say my favorite. I, I love the prophet Jeremiah because he he was called the weeping prophet. Like he lamented over people. So God directed me towards Jeremiah and it brought on a whole nother revelation of scripture and, and meaning. And I don't know. Anyway, so I have to tell you more, more about that at another time. And I'm sharing all this with you because I believe that there are other people out there like me (laughs) who are experiencing things in which I I call the anointing of God. Um, I believe God has been anointing people to carry the work of what he's calling us to do. I know I'm not the only one when I say that there are people out here who are experiencing their relationship with God on a deeper level and like a deeper level that they even knew existed. That was 22 for me in a nutshell was um, a deeper level of relationship with the Lord. And it's been a journey of like, okay, God, what is going on? I, like, what does this mean? I'm learning things and speaking things. I don't even know what I'm saying. And, you know, I can't stop crying all the time. But so, you know, I've never been taught these things. Um, and there are other people who I feel like are going through the same thing. Like they're experiencing this urgency, this acceleration of spiritual anointing and gifting. And it's come through a lot of, um, struggle. We, you know, wrestling with God over, you know, what the spirit is, you know, nudging us on. And, um, I, I'm not trying to shame or condemn anyone, but, you know, these things just aren't talked much about at church. Um, until recently, I, I haven't heard many pastors talk about these deep, intimate things. They're starting to, though. I, I'm learning that there is a much deeper, more intimate calling we have on our lives that can only truly be revealed through our relationship with our Father. There's so much more than, than we've been taught. I think that's really the call of this, of this generation is like, it, there's more, there's more, there's more than what we've learned. There's more than what we've been shown or taught. And I, I like, for example, I didn't even know what deliverance was <clears throat> until about seven months ago. Um, I didn't even know that Deliverance is what Jesus calls the children's bread. <laughs> and I'm sharing all this because God is raising a remnant who have been and 
are going to answer yes to the call to go deeper. Um, And whoever I'm speaking to, I just want to encourage you. Don't expect people to understand you. But I want to encourage you to keep going, keep seeking, keep pursuing God with all of your heart. Ask dangerous prayers. Ask bold prayers. Um, When I prayed to God about a year ago, when I started asking him, you know, teach me more, show me more, you know, I want more because what happened was the thing that triggered these prayers was the book of Acts. And I was reading this chat or this book and it started with a, I was like confusion almost because that was like the second time I'd read the book of Acts. And I was like, I don't see this today. God has not changed. The, the commission hasn't changed. His words are still relevant to yesterday, today, and forever. And I started looking so that you might be in that spot right now. Like I said, I don't know who I'm talking to, but you might be in a point right now where you're looking at the world today and you're like, wait a minute. I don't see Christianity matching the Christianity that is in scripture. I don't see things taught about today that we're clearly supposed to know about in scripture, like the children's bread, deliverance being the children's bread, those who know the Lord, who are followers of Christ, deliverance, deliverance is not for unbelievers, it's for believers. So I just want to encourage you to allow God to to show you and teach you and, and ask for that. You have not because you ask not, right? So like ask God to do the things like that is in his will. His will is to teach you. His will for your life is sanctification. It's maturity. It's growth. So when you ask for those things, you can be confident that he will give that to you because that's in his will. Whatever you ask in my father's, that's in my father's will. It will be done for you. Period. The greatest prayer you can ever pray is to ask God to take you deeper. But I'm going to tell you the same thing he told me. (laughs) Get ready. Get ready. You have to be ready to seek and surrender and sacrifice. And those who have been chosen by God for his anointing in this season and these times are those who are answering yes to that calling. Many are called, but few are chosen. That's why That's what Jesus said to his disciples when he said that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. The greatest prayer that you can ever pray is to ask God to take you deeper and show you more and teach you more. But I'm going to tell you the same thing when you, when you dare to pray those prayers, I'm going to tell you the same thing that God told me. He said, get ready, get ready. You have to be ready to seek and surrender and sacrifice. And those who have been chosen by God in this moment, in these times, in this season for his anointing, those are the ones who've answered yes to the calling. Many are called, but few are chosen. Um, That's what Jesus said to his disciples uh, when he said the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. But another part of my dream that I didn't mention before was that as I was in the garden, as I was in this garden preparing the soil, there were many people 
just standing around, um, not doing anything. I was the only one working in the garden, tilling up the soil. And there was this girl, I don't know, um, who she was, uh, but she was talking to me. I don't remember what she was saying, but I just felt like, okay, this girl's trying to distract me. I said, but, but I just kept working. I didn't say anything in my dream. And, you know, I just felt, I felt led to share that because it just, it, dreams oftentimes are another way that God speaks to me and it provides confirmation. I dream a lot. Um, there's a lot of people that talk about their dreams and you have to have discernment. Like I said, when it comes to this kind of stuff, I know, but I felt like there was a prophetic weight to this dream, especially now that the Lord a year later, now he's ministering to me about rain. Um, there's so many references to, you know, he's called the Lord of the harvest, the harvest, the, the final harvest is the end of the age. So it would be, I think wise for us to keep our ears open to um, his teaching on planting, sowing, the rain, harvesting, cultivating the soil. Um, because he talks about how in, um, Paul talks about in first Corinthians, how there's when, when seeds are planted, they fall on different types of ground, right? So like they fall on rocky ground where people haven't cultivated the soil of their heart to receive the word. So the birds, which are like, in other words, it, Jesus is talking in a parable, but he's saying that the birds come snatch the seed away. That's like, that's like the enemy coming and snatching the word away. So it can't be planted. And then he goes on to talk about how, you know, some, some seeds falls on good soil, but the, the seed doesn't take enough. It does not have enough time to grow roots because the worries of this world are like the thorns and the weeds that choke the seed. That's like the worry, the anxiety. When you take your eyes off Jesus and put it on the world, I mean, it, that's that's what it is. And then he talks about the seed that falls on the good soil. That seed, those who have grown in their relationship with the Lord and allowed that seed to take root, that's what produces fruit. So I, that's one of my favorite parables. But anyway, um, there's so many other scriptures that, you know, reference God as our heavenly gardener. Um, but yeah, seeds, garden, rain, harvest, the vine, the branches, those are all symbolic to God's character and his nature. Um, our call is to produce fruit. Uh, but if we don't stay connected to the vine, if we don't have roots, you know, we won't produce any fruit. And we plant the seeds. For, Paul talks about in First Corinthians that we do plant the seeds, but only the Lord gives the growth. So he said, I plant the seed, Apollos watered the seed, but only God gives the growth. So in between everything that I've been kind of explaining to you, in between these months, I've I felt this. I have felt this incredible intimacy with the Holy Spirit that can't be explained. Um, I've been able to see things more clearly, articulate scripture more clearly, discern spirits more quickly. And I've felt this incredible sense of peace and protection on my life in ways that, again, cannot be explained. But, you know, 
over the last year, my prayer life has just been totally transformed. The desires of my heart have completely shifted to a greater heavenly perspective. Um, If you want to know what my prayer life looks like, it's ugly. It's it's grief. It's lamentation. It's tears. And it's not for myself, though. Like, I'm not even crying out of emotions. It's not an emotional cry. It's a heavenly lament. It's like I I can feel the heartbeat of God in my soul, and it completely breaks me. I'm so moved with compassion for the people of God that it consumes my prayers and my thoughts. It's all I think about. It's like I can feel the heartbreak of God for people every single day. I, I, my, my heart breaks for the unbelieving lost souls, but I'm telling you all, my heart breaks just as much for the lukewarm Christians as well. I've been deeply moved in prayer lately and it's totally gripped my heart. You know, the, the verse that I was talking about earlier when the Lord led me to read Jeremiah, when I was looking for verses about tears, um, just trying to get an understanding of why, um, why my prayer life has just been marked by tears lately. And he, he pointed me to Jeremiah 13 verse 17. He says, my eyes overflow with tears for the Lord's flock has been taken captive. I understand where these tears come from. Um, Having read that, and over the last seven months in particular, I've felt the presence of God's anointing on my life, and I'm not sharing this to boast because I believe God wants us to know when we've been anointed. He wants us to know and experience that, Um, and this experience has been very new and foreign to me, and because I've not been really taught a lot about this in just growing up, you know, there's, I'm sure there's other people that are going through things right now and they're like, I don't understand where this, this urgency is coming from. I don't understand where this, this burden of prayer is coming from. I don't understand why I'm feeling these things. And, um, I also want to make clear that I don't, God doesn't want us to exploit anything that he does. So I say this with all humility because I'm still learning. I have a lot of growth I still need to do. I pray for continued sanctification. Um, and like I said, I I know other people are going through the same thing. I, like we're all in different stages of our walk. But I believe that in the coming days, we're all going to be on one accord. Right now, the church is not on one accord. Um, that's a whole process I plan to break down in future episodes. But the point right now is that I made a promise four years ago when I made my faith public. And that is that I was going to share every aspect of my walk with the Lord. I'm not trying to come on this podcast and just let me teach you about this today. Let me teach you about that. Let me teach, teach, teach. No, I am literally in the same boat as you all, whether you're a new believer or an experienced believer. You know, I've been saved for six years now. Um, and I just want people to know that 
about the rawness of a relationship with God. I believe that dealing with sin in our lives is a private matter, sometimes public, but mostly private. Um, And I want to share my journey of my walk of faith because I just want to be transparent. Um, But I also want to be relatable. Oftentimes people see the platform, but they never see the pit. You know, even though God rescued me from the pit years ago, I've had to fight for my sanctification. I've had to fight for holiness. I've had to fight for righteousness. You don't just come up out that water living holy. Sanctification is a process. It's a lifelong process. You know, I know the Lord fights for us and we just need to be still, but y'all, there's a whole other side of spiritual warfare that isn't being preached about today. And it's something I've had to learn as I've battled with my own demons and learned how to fight with the sword of the spirit. The only weapon that we're supposed to use to fight our battles. I've had to learn how to fight spiritual warfare without a carnal mindset. And that's something that as part of sanctification, God breaks you from that. He He gives you those revelations an understanding of what it truly means to fight with with the spirit, with his, with the sword of the spirit. But it, it takes spiritual maturity, and it's a process. Um, because I was never taught how to use my sword. I was the Holy Spirit has taught me. He's trained me. There are things that I've experienced over the last year that. I couldn't be helped by the church because they didn't even understand the reality and depth and seriousness behind what spiritual warfare truly is. They suggested medication. I'm not mad or upset or blaming them for anything. You don't know what you don't know, but everything that I've learned in battling this warfare was in the secret place. The spirit of revelation has been resting on me very heavily over the last few months. And I've had to take a break from social media because, um, well, let me first say this. God speaks to us all differently. We are all unique people. We all have a unique relationship with our father in heaven. But I want to say that, um, if, if I'm going to sit here and say, God said this, or God told me this, if I'm going to sit here and put God's stamp on a message that I feel that he has given me, I want to be very careful that that indeed is true. I don't speak on things without confirmation. Um, because this is serious. I need that confirmation from the Holy Spirit because the Lord knows, the Lord only knows, only the Lord knows that I don't want to lead anyone astray. I don't want to lead anyone down the wrong path. So whenever God puts a word on my heart, a message on my heart, I want to make sure that that's stewarded well. Um, my, and that's something that the Lord actually rebuked me on. And that's why I started I, it's it's changed some things about how I want to go about speaking certain things. Um, and, you know, my, my prayer is always that my words are marinated in truth and seasoned with grace. Um, now, sometimes I get a little hype in the spirit. I'm not going to lie because I'm like revved up. But um, and I'm not sorry about that. 
I'm not sorry about that at all because when you have the Holy Spirit fire, when you've been baptized, like a lot of people know about water baptism, but they don't know about baptism by fire. When the Holy Spirit baptizes you with the fire of the Holy Spirit, it's hard to contain sometimes. Like, <laughs> like just how Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones and I can't hold it in. So the Lord's been speaking to me through the spirit of revelation and I've had to put some distractions away. For those who may not be familiar with that terminology, revelation from the Holy Spirit is like an unveiling of truth. It's like the it's like a peeling back late like a veil, um, peeling back. Uh, it's like a spiritual onion. You just keep God just continues to peel back layers of Himself and show you like through greater intimacy with Him. He shows you like more of Himself. He like He reveals Himself more to you and. Um, like layers of his holiness. And the last book of the Bible is called the book of revelation because it's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Like that book is like the prophetic last piece before the final revelation. So that as you grow in greater intimacy with the Lord, he continues to peel back more layers of his holiness and his character. It's, I mean, it's just incredible. Like God placed his spirit inside of us as the seal of redemption. But I believe that the closer we get to the return of the Lord, the greater glory there's going to be. Like the greater revelation there is going to be as Jesus gets his bride ready to meet him. Like the marriage supper of the lamb is going to be the best wedding you will ever go to. (laughs) And you know, like when the Bible talks about, so like the Bible talks about, um, sorry, hold on. Talks about reward. There's a reward that comes from seeking God. Okay. Like when people think about a reward, they usually think about something materialistic, like what God is, what's God going to do for me? Like, as I seek him more, but like, I'm telling you, if you don't listen to anything I say on this podcast episode, and you just hear one thing that I'm going to tell you, I want you to hear this. The greatest reward that you will ever have as you seek God is intimacy. The intimacy is the reward. And like to know God, to grow in knowledge of him and to grow in revelation of his holiness that won't even be fully revealed until we we receive our eternal bodies is there's no earthly reward that compares to relationship with our savior with our heavenly father and experience experiencing the growth that comes with intimacy. That is the reward. That is the reward of seeking the Lord. And that's something that you don't, you won't understand that until you start to grow in intimacy with him and revelation and you learn more about him. And he starts peeling back those layers of who he really is because 
there's nothing like it. There's nothing that compares to that. There is such an incredible move of God (laughs) coming to this world, (laughs) especially before the final harvest. I'm sorry. I'm just so joyful right now. This makes me so excited to talk about like, oh, I'm getting hot and heavy for Jesus right now. Like, and I just, I feel the anointing in this message because of the simple fact that these revelations that I've had over the last year, they've changed everything about my relationship with him. They've changed my prayer life, my communion with God, the clarity it's given me, like almost like I thought I knew my purpose before, but I'm learning that it's not like my purpose is not a podcast. Like this isn't my purpose. My purpose, like the podcast plays a role in my purpose, but it's the, we all have the same call. We all have the same call. It's just the way that we go about that through our gifts, through our passions, what God has, you know, God created us to create. He created us to create and to worship. That's what we were created to do. Worship him. Now, some people worship other things, but that's not the right kind of worship. Um, but the Holy spirit has been ministering to me and leading me to scripture that has confirmed that, you know, our calling is simple. It's to go and make disciples. That's it. That's it. That is, that's the call. (laughs) And like my prayer for the Lord is to guide, um, my studies I, uh, every time I pray and open the Bible, I just ask the Holy Spirit to just show me, teach me, bring me revelation. Lord, give me wisdom in the areas that I lack and help bring understanding because I know your word says that it's the Holy Spirit that teaches you all things. That's an example of like one of the things I've learned over the last year is that I I have, you can have confidence when you pray God's word back to him. Like I know, because it says in Jeremiah, I think that the Lord watches over his word to perform it. So a lot of people don't know God's word in order to pray God's word. Like we have certain verses that we've, you know, that we see as memes and on Pinterest and stuff all the time. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to get off on a whole nother topic because that's a whole nother episode for a whole nother day. Read the book, Teach Us to Pray by Corey Russell. That's all I'm going to say, because that book is, has really helped me in my understanding about um, how to pray and why prayer is important and why the word of God, like the word of God is the will of God. The will of God is the word and God watches over his word to perform his will. His word is his will, his will is his word. So when you understand his word, when you read his word, when you know his word, you know how to pray, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to go any further with that because I don't want to get off another tangent and this episode's already super long, but like, anyway, There's just so many things that the Lord has been speaking to me lately 
And some of those, like, I can't even begin to unpack yet because I say this with all humility and respect, but I don't feel that people are going to be ready to receive this message just yet. Um, like, like I said earlier, like I don't really do anything without confirmation from the Holy Spirit and some messages, like that's what he rebuked me on. Like not every message is ready to be shared just yet. Like I want to make sure that this is stewarded well. And, um, I feel like there's a lot of plowing that needs to be done. There's a lot of weeds that need to be pulled, um, in people's hearts before they can, you know, make room to plant seeds. And, you know, the call is to make disciples. So I don't, look at this as a like social media or podcast. I don't look at this stuff as like a disconnected um, ministry. Like everyone has a ministry. I'm just doing my ministry right now, but I want to help people grow. Um, you know, I, I want to help people grow in maturity and their sanctification. I, I want to walk alongside people to help do that. And I'm just kind of like taking that day by day. However, the Lord leads me is what I'm going to do. And, um, God told the prophet Jeremiah that I've appointed you today over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and demolish and to build and to plant. Um, we're in a process right now, um, of a great reformation in the church And right now, I believe that we are in the tearing down and demolishing stages. I I don't like to use the word deconstruction, but rather reconstruction. Um, There are things that need to be changed in our church infrastructure and functions. And that's one thing. But I'm telling you, our, our hearts need repentance and our homes need healing first. Um, and that's really where we're at as a church is that we need individual healing and healing in our homes first. The holdup for me is the state and the climate of the church today. Um, I've talked about the the, the new and the old wineskin in a previous podcast, actually the last podcast episode, but we, as the church, big C, capital C, I'm not talking about this church, that church, his church, her church. I'm talking about we are collectively the church, capital C, church, bride. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. Okay. And as of right now, we are not ready. The The church is not ready to hold the new wine that God is preparing to pour out. Okay. Um, that's why God is sewing together a new wine skin to get his bride ready for this spiritual upgrade, this fresh outpouring of his spirit on the earth. Jesus told his disciples in the gospels that you can't pour new wine into old wine skins because if you do, the old wine skins are going to burst and the, the new wine's going to be ruined. Um, God is preparing his church though. I truly believe he is. New wine requires new wine skins and wine skin 
is symbolic. So when we talk about wineskin, we're talking about people. Um, and if the old wineskin, the old way of doing things, um, the old principles like traditions and religion, if, if those old things are not ready to be renewed and remodeled and sometimes rebuked by the spirit of God, um, to, to meet this new outpouring, to be willing to handle and embrace what God is wanting to do, then he has no other option but to reject it um, completely. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But many churches don't allow the Holy Spirit to move freely. You know, they've quenched the Holy Spirit. And that's why this Reformation is going to be uncomfortable and it's going to be uncomfortable for many churches and many people um, because we've gotten too comfortable in making God in our image and who we want it, want him to be through programs and, you know, f- functions of the church. We've modeled church into a business um, and we we want him to show up on our timing. And that's just not how it works. Um and, but let me tell you the good news, though. There is grace to be found in this transition. There's grace to be found in the mess. Like Jeremiah, like God told Jeremiah, like, I've, I've appointed you to destroy and demolish and tear down and uproot and then build and plant. <laughs> so there's enough grace of God for, for us to say God is paving a new way of doing things. Um, and I don't know what that's going to look like. And this is me being honest too, but you know what? I don't know for sure what God's doing, but he's given us a blueprint. So I'm just going to follow him and let him lead the way. It makes stuff so much easier when we stop trying to do things our way and just let the spirit of God work in his way and his timing. And that's where I've, I really feel called to at the moment, like the calling right now is to get the bride ready to, and God is getting his bride's attention right now. That's what he's been doing over the last several years, the last three years in particular. And, and for him to get his bride ready for this preparation, this is a a deeper, more complex, messy process than we realize because the Lord's already been shaking us up. And over the last few years, he's also been like sifting and aligning and marking his people, anointing his people to prepare the church for what he's about to do. Um, he has been, and he's still will continue to raise his remnant. Those who seek his face, um, those who pursue love and righteousness and holiness, um, and his presence that's why I want to designate some time before I even start. Like, this is just, I know this might seem like I'm kind of all over the place, but this is, I'm just trying to set the stage for the things that God has been bringing me revelation on. And I feel, I feel confident, not in myself, but in the spirit of God who lives in me to, to help teach and prepare. And, um, Like I said, that's why as I start talking about this, I want to designate some time and like as I wrap up this episode to explain, you know, 
what I believe God's call is in this moment to the church right now. And there are several verses that have gripped my heart over the last few months. And one of those is Paul said in second Corinthians chapter five, verse 20, um, he, he said, be reconciled to God. That's the verse. That's it. <laughs> there is a reformation coming to the church. It's already started. Um, but before there can be reformation, there has to be reconciliation and reconciliation is something that the Lord has also been ministering to me lately. And, you know, in this context, what is reconciliation? It is the reconciliation of relationship. Um, that's my plea right now. The, the health of a nation, I believe is contingent on the health of the church. I think that the two are very directly related. I mean, we can look in the old Testament and see that every time, you know, when, when, when the Lord instituted the, a system of Kings for the people, um, like, so we had our leaders, we had Moses, we had Joshua, we had Abraham, but when we started seeing that institution of kingship where we had different Kings that led Israel and Judah, we see what happens when a king follows the Lord. And we also see what happens when a king doesn't follow the Lord. It says that the, this one did, like you see in the history, like first and second Kings, you can see him saying, this king did good in the Lord's sight. This king did evil in the Lord's sight. The health of a nation is directly related to the health of a church. And in this case, I'm talking about big C church, Christianity, the big C. Um, it says in the verses before, chapter five, verse 20 in second Corinthians that he has given us, us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay. And because we have been reconciled, reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, through the price he paid on the cross, we are now ambassadors for Christ since now God is making his appeal through us. And that's where it goes on to say, therefore, we plead on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And, you know, I can teach you about the Bible. I can teach and share what God puts on my heart. And while I plan to always do that, I feel that the Lord has shown me that before anyone can hear the message of what God wants to do, um, what he's, what he's going to do. Before people can receive his instruction, they have to love his instruction. And that can only be stewarded, like that love for God's word and his ways and his righteousness. That can't be, in, that can't be, you know, instituted through religion and denominations and these old, these traditions. Like that doesn't lead people to a relationship. You know, we have to have that ourselves and seek him for ourselves individually in order for him to nurture that relationship so that we learn to behold the character of who our savior is and love him. And if we love him, if we love him, we're going to follow him. If we love him, we're going to love his ways. My pastor at church said <clears throat> this new church I started going to, God bless that church and bless that man. Um, I'll tell you the first time I went into that church, <laughs> the pastor said, 
Everyone wants a savior, but nobody wants a king. So we have to fall in love with, <clears throat> with Jesus as our savior and our king. And I'm telling you all this because I believe there is a global vision and a hunger the Lord is wanting to instill in his bride, in his church, to prepare for not only the, the days ahead, but the return of him, like his his return, his second coming. And I want to spend a lot of time in the coming months. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, helping people grow in knowledge and revelation of what it means to be in relationship with Jesus. I started this book called Discipleship Begins with Beholding by Samuel Whitefield. My goodness, I recommend that book for everybody. Um, it's truly helped me understand a lot of things. And um, beholding is the first step to intimacy. Um, and that has to be established first and foremost. God desperately desires to immerse you in his the fullness of his presence and power. But God knows us better than we know ourselves. And we can't be willing to embrace all of his fullness. Like he won't fully be revealed until we exit this life and enter the next, but we can only handle so much. Like the glory of God is so powerful. And over the last year, I'm starting to learn like, like we go from glory to glory until we reach, you know, our final, like mature, not maturity, but like the final revelation of Jesus. And he desires to immerse you in that, but it comes in steps. It comes with maturity. Um, and, and God reveals things to us as we're able to handle them. If we continue to, to stay stuck drinking on the milk bottle, we're, we're never going to gain the spiritual maturity and muscle to chew on the meat. <laughs> Let me say that again. If we continue to stay stuck drinking on the milk bottle, we are never going to gain the spiritual maturity and the muscle to chew on the meat, the meat and potatoes, that spiritual meat. And the other thing that has gripped me recently is <clears throat> the revelation of the fact that we are getting ready to experience one of the greatest revivals and awakenings of all time. And the reason I feel called to help prepare the body now is because God's people, his wineskins, right? We have got to be ready to hold this new wine. Wine is symbolic to his spirit. And we've got to be ready to hold it. Like that's the whole point of preparation right now. And I am not alone in this call. I mean, like, after all, like the whole point of wineskins in the natural is that they have to be sewn together. And God always, always, always partners with his people to fulfill his plans and, and purposes. And, and that's why the call 
is to prepare the bride and build up the bride now. That's why the call is for people all over the world who are like the forerunners, like are saying, hey, prepare the way of the Lord, prepare the way of the Lord, like the sirens are going off. Like that's what you're seeing right now. So it's not an isolated call. It's not an isolated thing. This is like God is like knocking us on the head, like lovingly saying, hey, I need you to get the bride ready. I'm about to, I'm about to move. You see that, you see that rain cloud over there? It might be little right now, but that rain's coming. It's coming. And, uh, yeah, (sighs) I could keep going on and on, but it all starts with beholding him first. And that's where my mission field is. I feel like it's the maturity of the saints and like through teaching and equipping and praying that God gives the growth of every seed myself and many others are planting. Um, I just want to plant seeds and I, I just, I pray that those seeds grow. I pray that I plant seeds and maybe this podcast is a, uh, is me watering a seed that's already been planted in you. I don't know, but I can't make them grow and neither can you. None of us can. Um, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few in order for the seeds to grow in order for God to give the growth. The seeds have to be planted first, right? The seeds have to be watered. That's where me and you come into play. That's where that partnership lies with God. That's why he has stirred so many people to answer that call. I believe that's why the dream that I had last year was so prophetic because it's been confirmed over the last year in so many different ways. And Like, I just, I don't know, like, I know I can't make the seeds grow, but what I can do with the power of the Holy Spirit, I want to, what I can do is, is help, help you help people understand what steps we can take to till the soil of our heart, to plow that soil, to cultivate that soil, that hardened, cloddy soil so that these seeds can even be planted to begin with. And I just truly feel like that's where we have to start right now with a lot of people and with where we're at as a church today. I feel like people know so much about religion, but they don't know enough about relationship. And it takes someone who, who, who loves intimacy with the Lord to be able to get in alignment with that passion that the Lord has for his people to grow and mature. And, um, there, we, we need a, a greater and deeper investment of our time in discipleship with people um, and really focusing on the maturity of the sheep right now because um, that's what making disciples is all about, right? Um, and there's so much more that I want to say about that, but that's just been where my heart is right now. Like I said, I know this is kind of all over the place, but this is where we're at. Um, as much as I am concerned about the lost sheep, the unbelievers, um, those who haven't accepted the gift of salvation, I'm equally concerned about the spiritual health of the sheep that we do have. You know what I mean? Like our brothers and sisters. And that is, that's really where a lot of my 
weeping comes in prayer is, you know, that's where my heart's at. And I'm confident that I feel that I'm speaking for others as well. I feel like that has been a deep marking in a lot of the urgency and passion with a lot of disciples now is this concern over the sheep that we do have. And there's a lack of discipleship. And I'm not talking about like a program or a class or a course. I'm talking about like what discipleship meant to the early church. That's how the church grew so fast. And so in such powerful ways, but I feel like, you know, we need a greater understanding of the purpose of the wilderness years too. Um, We need a greater understanding of our identity in Christ and we need greater focus on our relationship with him. And um, I don't know. It's a, it's really about like understanding who our God really is. Who is the, who is the God that we serve? Do we really know him? Are we trying to know him? That's the other thing too. Can't make people get to know him. It's like, I can't force somebody into a relationship. You know, people do that on blind dates all the time. Try to force somebody into seeing somebody that I don't know. They don't really want to see, but We've lost focus as a church. The church has really dropped the ball on discipleship. And and I'm, when I talk about this, I'm, I have a whole podcast episode planned for that. But when I talk about discipleship, I'm not talking about a small group or a connect group or a Bible study group. That's not biblical discipleship. And I, I'll talk about that at another time. But um, the call right now is be reconciled to God. That's the call right now. That was That's always been the call. The prophets of the Old Testament. That's all you, that's, that was their plea the whole time. Be reconciled. P- people didn't listen. And um, the prophets said it. Paul said it. The apostles said it. Now I'm saying it. <laughs> um, I'm pleading with you to be reconciled to God. He desperately wants us, wants to welcome us back into his presence with open arms. He's not an angry God. He's a loving God. And that, cause that's who, that's who he is. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times we have turned away. He's always right there. He's ready to open his arms back up to you and embrace you. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so good. Like I said, there's a, so much more I want to say, but I really just wanted to fill you in on what the Lord's been doing and not just my life, but the body of Christ as well. Um, there's a temperature check on the church right now. And, um, I believe that God is calling us out of our worldliness. He's calling out, calling us out of our lukewarm state. He's calling us out of complacency and he's calling us out of religion and tradition. Um, I anticipate on spending the next several episodes just really digging deeper into what I personally feel the call is to the church in this season. And when I say church, like I said, I'm talking about as a whole. I am the church. So I'm not saying like this church, that church. I'm saying us. When I talk about the church, I'm not pointing out the church. I'm talking about myself too. I'm, we are 
we are one collective body. Okay. There is not like, you know, super disciples. We're all just disciples. Okay. Um, so yeah, I also plan to talk more about revival and what it is, what it isn't. Um, and, and really breaking that down and, and, um, the conditions for revival that must be met in order for that to happen. And anyway, I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I am praying for you. Um, reach out to me if you need anything, if you need specific prayer, if you have any questions, like my door is so open. Like I don't even have a door. Like you can just come in. There's no door. (laughs) If that makes any sense. So reach out to me if you need anything. My email's in the episode description. I have a website that I'm probably going to start working on soon, like redoing because I have some exciting things coming up that I can't wait to share with you guys, but it's www.promise-perspective.com. I, I love you guys so much and I can't wait to get on here next time. And I hope you all enjoyed this episode and I hope you have a blessed day. Love y'all. Thank you.